Christy Gupt has always said it takes a good advisor and a little courage. Well, I, I think we're pretty good advisors, but the courage is what's most important, Mike. It's the courageous employer that will take the step to do this. That's the key, and that's what you asked earlier. We need more courageous employers, but we have to be better at communicating our message to them to make them feel comfortable being courageous, to know they're protected if things, if they have bad claims here, that we've got their back with all these solutions in the Fair Call Cell Plan. Hello, this is Mike Andrade, and welcome to the Solving Healthcare Podcast. We seek to find companies that are positively disrupting healthcare. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview today with Carl Schusler. He is a healthcare antagonist and one that absolutely is mission driven by his desire to not just help employers, but help their employees get the best care they possibly can at the lowest cost possible price. Carl has an interesting background. He started as a financial advisor for a very, very large globally known financial planning firm. Then he moved on to a national consulting firm that most people would know by name, leaving there to start his own practice, but also starting several other practices, including Mitigate Partners, as well as the Fair Cost Health Plan. Carl affectionately calls many of the players in the healthcare system the cartel. And during our interview today, I'm sure we're going to talk about that. I'm sure you're going to love his passion as well as just the energy he brings to the solutions that he's curating for his clients. Uh, Carl, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, Mike, thanks so much for having me. This is a great podcast. I told you right when I met you, I was listening to it. You've had some unbelievable guests. I hope that we can deliver as well as some most of them have, but you've done a great job with it, and it's an honor to be here today with you. Yeah, and so Carl, it's a it's a blessing to have you on the show. And you and I have been friends now for about a year and introduced by Dr. Kristen Dickerson, the CEO of Green Imaging. And when you and I first met, I didn't know how to take you because you're so passionate about what you do, but you also you don't want to mess around with people who aren't going to uh, I don't I don't want to say you're not gonna mess around with people that waste your time, but you just you don't necessarily want you want to cut through the bullshit pretty dang quick. And it took me a while to pick that up. And so I'm, I'm one of those that I, I might sling a little bull, but it just takes me a while. So, but I have to say, knowing you, seeing your passion, and just knowing how committed you are to the mission that you support, I have to say, it's just been a blessing to get to know you. I learn something every time we talk. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. Right, right back at you. And maybe you can talk a little bit about what your personal mission is. And I'm sure I'll have some questions that, that follow after that. All right, well, thank you. Um, yeah, and I, well, I would go back where you made those comments at the beginning first, but no, I'm, I'm a really nice guy. And I've been told I'm too nice, but I do at, at 52, I, I know I look like I'm 30. Um, at 52, I don't want to waste a lot of time. Talk's cheap, actions speak a lot of words, a little, a little less bark, a little more bite, you know, that's where really I am. And if people are not interested in doing that, then you're right. Mike, of course, you came highly recommended. And when we, so, and I appreciate what you said, but the, the mission that I think that really means something to me is, and again, I grew up, and you know this, I think, I grew up the son of a 40 year private practice, obstet, obstetrician, gynecologist, OBGYN. 
I grew up in a small town. I know I sound like I'm from New York City, but I'm not, just not to shock you. Um, but I grew up in middle Georgia and watched and saw my father do what he did and practice. And a lot of these things come back later in life, uh, Mike, to roost with me and are part of the story and the fabric of what we do. But um, I'll never forget, I'm getting ready to go to, you know, I went to the Harvard of the South, University of Georgia, you can see back there. Mm -hmm. Hold on. Um, and I was getting ready to go. I had to go get a physical because you have to get a physical before you go to college. And I went in, it was August day, 1985, hottest fire in Macon, Georgia, where the Piedmont, the coastal plain hit. It is hot. And I went in and it was an old antebellum home, black and white tile floors. And, and I would never forget Dr. Miss Yancey, who was a nurse practitioner for Dr. Mays, our pediatrician, was going to come out and grab my finger and prick it with that razor blade back in the day. All these people today get off easy with a hole punch, but they had that razor blade and you'd wear the, you'd wear the gauze on your finger for an hour afterwards. And I hated it. So I'm sweating because it's hot. I'm sweating because she's going to come do it. And I look around the room and I'll ask you, Mike, how many people were sitting in the waiting room at the pediatrician's office, August, 1985? Uh, probably maybe four or five. Yeah. Try zero. Because that was a healthcare visit, not an insurance visit. And shortly thereafter, the world changed for the worst. And I watched, you know, my mother had a bumper sticker. Late 80s is when managed care hit in the South. And my mom had a bumper sticker that said, my doctor, my choice. Mm -hmm. And I, I get chill bumps talking about it because I, I go back to that. And I remember it. I'm like, you know, I'm a kid. I'm like, man, what does that mean? But I know what it means now. And my father, had again built a very successful practice. He was the, you know, what we know, deliver more babies than anybody in town, had a good practice, had partners. And he um, he sat down and said, I'm not going to sign up for these these HMOs, PPOs. I'm not doing it. And dad's, I guess I get all that from him that you see. He's very pressable and so forth. And I'm I'm sorry for being so long-winded. But he he did not sign up for them. And Mike he had a 20-year patient, 20-year patient relationship. We're talking about back in the day where you had a relationship with your patient, not this typing an EMR and, and not spending time with the patient. It was a legitimate relationship. And the person said, hey, Dr. Schuster, I, I'm my, you're not going to be in my network on my new health plan, so I can't come to you anymore. And he was blown away. And so, therefore, then he signed up because otherwise he'd have gone broke at that time. So he signed up for all the plans, et cetera. So, as I got older and I got out of college, and I looked at things and we, I started to see the world and I reflect back. I, we got to get back to that patient centric healthcare system. And it isn't patient centric now. And you know that. And COVID 19 pointed that out bigger than ever. And now telehealth's exploded and all these other things. And so that's really the mission. If, if we don't save this system, you and I are going to have crappy healthcare. It's not going to be good. Who knows what it will look like then, but it won't be good. And so I wanted to try to help relocalize care, get it back to the local care team. I call it the, the love triangle, a little perverse, but the, the direct primary care doctor, the, the, the PCP, the specialist, the community pharmacist, significant player in, in healthcare that is just getting killed right now, been replaced by cartel pharmacies and, I don't have to name to know, you know, who those are. No, and Carl, people, that's a, that's a, diff, that's another question. But so I guess what I want to make sure I understand. Sorry. Is, 
Oh, no, no problem, bud. Because when you, when you talk about community providers, and I, I get the sense that as there's, there's, there's a contingency of folks that think differently than a traditional brokerage firm. The ones, the brokers that come in and say, we're the biggest and we're going to use our leverage to get you a better deal. That's not me. That's not you. But there's a contingency of folks that say, you know what, we're going to be thoughtful in how we create your plan. And we're going to get away from your traditional Buka type of provider if it's right for you and it's the right time in your, in your company's life cycle. Um, but, but what I get the sense is that that's being more adopted as a personalized approach. So rather than going to the shelf and getting something off the, off, off the carrier product shelf, we're saying we're going to personalize this. So when I hear you talk about community providers, I'm assuming you're meaning that we're going to make this plan about you, Mr. Employer Health Plan, not so much about labeling your company with a particular carrier. Am I getting that right? Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's what we call employer-built healthcare versus insurer-built healthcare. So, so talk to me about that because when, 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 what, what is possible – with an employer that may be looking for cash right now because of COVID, or maybe they're just thinking we must do something different. And they're just, their eyes are now more open with the fact that there are different solutions out there. But what is the, let's start with the savings part. What, what is a typical savings range that an employer could expect by adopting some of the principles that you have with the fair cost health plan? I would say Mike, real simply put, and I actually can answer this one pretty quick. 20 to 70 percent i've been told not to say that but we have a case study that you've seen that well, yeah. about 70 percent yeah so 20 to 70 i've never heard 70 percent that high but but so that's that's it and, and so talk to me a little bit about uh how that's possible well like it was uh Quickly, a seven-year journey looking at all the cost containment and risk mitigation solutions driven by trying to be the best fiduciary and steward of my, our clients' dollars, treating them like they were ours, mm -hmm. led us on this journey. Met people like Dr. Dickerson um, all around the world, brought all these solutions together and seamlessly integrated them into what we call the Fair Cost Health Plan. It, each one of them is unique in itself and that particular company is very good at that discipline. So there's not a lot, there's not any six of the 16 plus solutions are not really people that perform multiple tasks. They have a specific task that, that they do or a specific specialty that you like a physician is a specialist. And that's what we did. And with the, with the COVID and things like that, that's where the utilization management comes in. Mike, we did a pod, we did a, a YouTube a zoom that I think you saw where we were able to pull the pre-search for our clients mm -hmm. during COVID because everybody's being lulled to sleep. Hey man, look, my plan's running great. You know, claims are flat. They're way down. What's going on? And I'm like, nah, there's stuff going on. It just hadn't hit. So we pulled the pre-search, measured them against the data analytics platform of the claims, saw what had already hit and what had hit. And then we reached out to our clients and we do deploy what we call a benefits champion we can talk about. Mm -hmm. And I reached out to them and said, here it is, here's your list. And we saw that, hey, MRI here, MR here, there, uh, CT scan. So those could be precursor for things. So we were able to reach out and let the benefits champion talk to the actual member and said, hey, 
Mike, if you I, we see this is going on, and they're HIPAA officers, so everything is cool on that. They said you might want to go to the ambulatory surgical center and then get with the cost and quality company to make sure everything lines up, and then consider that before those things get packed. Once the once the floodgates came open, elective procedures were allowed again. We were ahead of that, and we did that for all our clients. That's what we call active management. We can do that. If we're with a BUCA and sure a built Blue Cross United Signet and Humana built plan, <laughs> you aren't pulling any pre-cert list. You aren't looking at your analytics. And we did all that like that. That's simple. So that in itself is a huge difference of what can be done. And I will tell you by doing that, there is no question our clients have saved money by doing it. And that's what we were presenting to the to our clients. That's no, an example. Yeah, no, it's a perfect example. What I'm hearing is what I've heard you say though is sixteen essentially sixteen point solutions, and that's not an off the shelf thing where you're saying, "Hey, Mister or Miss Employer, you get all sixteen of these, and if you use them, great." And we're not going to show up at quarterly with a stack of reports saying, "Guess what? You're sick." What I'm hearing you say is it's an operationalized plan based on what's culturally appropriate for a particular employer based either on geography or prevalence of various conditions. Am I getting that right? Yeah, and Mike, I want to say one thing very quickly. We, we identified over that seven-year journey six fundamental flaws with the healthcare system. And if you can add to them and you make it seven or eight, I, I want you to. But the flaws are real simple. Number one was uh, the cartel. And I could go into detail. I hope everyone can figure out what that is. Lack of pricing transparency, medical billing errors, the traditional PPO discount game, the pharmaceutical shell game, and lastly, lack of information and data. So what we did is we turned those six fundamental flaws into opportunities. And we've given a lot of talks around the country, uh, the six opportunities in healthcare. I did it at the Free Market Medical in Houston, where you are, mm -hmm. for Dr. Dickerson when they had me out to speak July of 18. So we've done that talk a lot. That is what the Fair Cost Plan does. It solves all of those flaws. And that's where you can save 20 to 70%. If you only want to solve two flaws, maybe you don't save as much. So that is what we were trying to attack with the plan. And we believe we've got the best high-performance healthcare solution partners in this mix. But what's important, Mike, is you've got to have them working and playing the sandbox together. There's a lot of parties here, but we have a few. One call, that's all, as we call it. We have a cost and quality company that, that does a lot. The TPA, um, I'm going to say this real quick. I'll put a, a, a plug in for my good, my good, my good friends, the Aether Gals, as they've been called. But all TPAs suck. It's fine, the least sucky of the suckiest. And I've always said that, and everybody loves that, and I see you laughing. But Aether is the least sucky of the suckiest. And that's what they're using as part of their slogan. So I, we truly have a partner now, Mike, and I can tell you about the Soto Memorial Hospital or the Gasper Lens moving to them. The things that we're seeing are I've never seen. I feel like I'm their employer, they're mine. It's unbelievable. So they're the glue, the gorilla glue that holds this together. But the plan itself is not complicated. There's a few simple things, but all these specialty solutions, chronic kidney, musculoskeletal, whatever it is, they're not tapped into until needed. So the employee never hears about all these components and these bricks. 
they only know they got to make this call or they got to see the benefits champion, and that's all they have to do. Yeah, so so behind this, go ahead. Let me push back a little bit because what I'm hearing you say, you've got these great point solutions that work together. And if I'm listening to this, I'm, I might be thinking that's BS because fill in the blank, United Healthcare, Blue Cross, Cigna, they have so many more point solutions and they've got this ginormous universe of stuff. They should be able to organize and whoop your ass when it comes to quality and outcomes. What, 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 what's your response to that? The gig is up. I'm a fake. You figured it out. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. <laughs> no. No, but seriously, there's people thinking that, right? And yeah. so talk to me how Ither, being the least sucky TPA, how, how do they know how to channel the right resource? And so maybe, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, we have two, two entry points. The advocacy program they have and right. a cost and quality solution that all the members have to call on any pre-certed or elective procedure. If they do not call, they will get penalized for not making that call. So therefore, we can catch a lot of these things up front with the support of the team of Aether as well. We're able to catch these things up front, Mike. And before a claim becomes a claim, we have all hands on deck. And I'm going to tell you right now, you get me fired up now because when you're challenging my integrity. Um, um, if you think the Bukas are doing that, okay, I can tell you we work with the school district. Two months ago. We had a $3.2 million heart transplant. $3.2 million heart transplant. We heard about it two months ago. That's the first we heard of it, Mike. That's the first we heard of it. Don't you think that person knew for a good long time they were in a heart transplant? If that's what you call BUCA utilization management, my friend, good luck with that. Let me know how it works out for you. Yeah, no, Carl. That's no, not no, well, wait. That was paid out at $2 million. Stop loss is a million on this case. $2 million. They million dollars. In our fair cost model, that call would have gone into pre-cert. We would have been notified. Aether, cost and quality, our network development partner, everybody, the client, would have had all hands on deck, and we wouldn't have paid more than $300,000 for that procedure, I promise you. That's the difference, Mike. So there's $700,000 of savings like that. Oh, yeah, and you know what? My, my wife and I, she's a State Farm agent. We're on her plan, and it's Blue Cross, right? And so I, I knew the answer to that because she gets an injection monthly and she can navigate wherever she wants to go within blue cross and when you call blue cross and say hey i need help they say you know what? you've already hit your out of pocket i would just stay doing what you're doing and that is an unacceptable response if you're spending employers money like it's your own and so i i, I knew the answer to your particular solution it's just more of i wanted to hear hear you say it um and so but you're absolutely right. And many times what is missed is the opportunity to make an interception or to make a redirection. In the typical healthcare uh, equation, when somebody has something that needs to be done, there's a phone call that happens. It's a prior authorization or pre-cert. And that is such an amazing source of data because you can use that to positively impact, influence the outcome. So you can avoid the 30 to 40% of surgeries that don't need to happen by having a proper touch point in place. You can help redirect folks that are going down the hall to whatever hospital systems MRI and save thousands of dollars by repeating that redirection over and over and over again. And so I totally agree with you. That's why we work together. It just, um, it just seems that there's a lot of employers that are out there that haven't really gravitated towards the fact that they write a check and they, they can do so much 
with their health plan. And so let me ask you that. What, what do you think in your mind is the biggest rub as to why more employers aren't adopting plans like yours? Is it lack of knowledge or is it more fear? Yeah, I, that, I told you about that winning healthcare food, uh, food fight podcast this morning. Uh, by uh, Hunter Schultz. It was interesting because he asked the same question. And the reason I'm only bringing his name up is this. He, he asked and he asked it about school districts, municipalities, and private employers. And he asked about each category and why. Um, Mike, I think the, the simple, and I can answer this real quickly, is the pain isn't great enough to make change. And you and I can go out there and show all this great stuff, showing millions of dollars of savings. And a lot of people that know me and know you go, man, y'all ought to just be killing it with this, man. This thing planned these videos. My gosh, look at what you've done for these employers. Not the case, not the case. I mean, if, if so, I, you'd see the beach in my background right now on an island somewhere. But, you know, it's the pain's great enough. But, Mike, I think with COVID-19, I think that's accelerated that pain. And I think right now we're in that, I believe it's the Oklahoma land rush of 1889. You better grab the land, buddy, because it's going to be gone. And we really have to strike now. I think it's the greatest opportunity a benefits advisor has ever had in their career right now. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you a question because you, you've said the word cartel several times and I want to talk a little bit about that because I think, um, you know, I'm not exactly sure what you're going to say, but when I hear you say cartel, to me, that means, traditional brokers, insurance companies, pharmacy benefit managers, and, and even some healthcare providers, you kind of lump into that. But when you call them cartel, what, do, what are you affectionately saying? Well, what I'm saying is the only people sitting at the table with an employer that want the cost to go down are the employer. Mm -hmm. and all the rest of the cartel members make more money the more the costs go up. Yep. So it's all misaligned incentives. Um, we could talk about the MLR rule. We could, that's a laughable thing. I mean, we can talk about a lot of this stuff, but you nailed them all. And I was a part of the cartel. So let me be clear. I was a part of the cartel too, because I didn't know better, but I, I look and dug and I got out of that and everyone else can too. It's absolutely possible. But a lot of people do, you know, turn, turn an eye and they don't want to change because buddy, when you passively manage a health plan, you're on the golf course a lot quicker. You're in the deer stand. You're in the, you, you, you got a line wet in the lake. You're doing a lot of that stuff right now when you actively manage plans. You're helping people. You're helping somebody get from a cartelish hospital, most expensive hospitals in Florida, to a long-term acute care facility in LTAC. And we have a national contract with Kindred Healthcare through Fair Cost. And we tried to get them to Kindred and we couldn't, it didn't work out. And we were able to get our network development company, our cost and quality company. And we got them into a LTAC facility under around 120, 130 of Medicare. Then we were able to move them in three or four days to a rehab center at 100% of Medicare. That's what I'm talking about actively managing it. So um, that's, that takes more time. It's just a lot more work than being a cartel broker, any, many, money mo. Blue United Signet and Human. And, and, and I'm telling you, and I know this, my good buddy Dennis Harton, Mitigate partner with us, and Frank Mike Drop of Chris Yarn, if you hadn't had him on your show, you need to walk on clinic. A lot of folks came in to Orlando to hear me speak on November the, November the uh, 9th 
I, I did a talk and it was last year and it was at the Florida County Care or Accountable Care Organization. It's called Flacco's, Mike. So they put me up on a panel and it was your, it was the dream shot for you and me, man. It doesn't get any better than this. That's why everybody came over because they thought I was going to erupt and blow up and go crazy. But I was on the payer panel, Blue United Cigna. And no, I'm sorry, Blue Cigna and Aetna and Fair Cost Health Plan. And that's what came out was is everybody watched. I decided I had to go in the corner and say a prayer saying, Lord, please be my eyes, ears, and most importantly, my mouth. Please don't let it go crazy up here. And so I was able to get up there and somehow, thanks to their, his help, I talked about the fair cost plan and what we're doing. I talked to these doctors that were in the audience. How many of y'all like pre-certs, prior arts, peer-to-peer reviews? How many millions of dollars do you waste? And they're like all raising their hands. I said, we don't do that in fair cost. We can design the plan for your specialty or whatever, whatever you provide us and avoid all that. So I'm talking all this stuff, Mike. I'm sorry to be, this is a good story. I'm talking all this and it was crazy. I mean, I had the audience and then they, the other group, Cigna, all of them, like Carl said, like Carl said, and I'm going, <laughs> I didn't do it because I tried to keep my composure. Like I did my, my butt. What are you talking about like me? You don't do like me. And so as we realized that when we left, here's little old me. I've, I've, I've had offices. I right now have an office in my home. This little old health plan was created over seven years. And we're saving millions of dollars, improving EBITDA, making difference for members. And these folks have more money than, than God, and they can't do it. And we know why they can't, because the misaligned incentives. But that was what was so relevant, and I could see that link to that talk. That's when we realized, I've always known that, but that's when we all realized, wow, it was Blue, Cigna, Aetna, and Fair Cost Health Plan up on the stage. And by the way, it's not a payer panel. It's a processor panel. The only payers in the healthcare system are the employers and the employees. Those folks, the cartel, are processors of their money. Mm-hmm. Don't give them the d- dignity of calling a payer. And I'm not the Contorno's always said that. And so what we call them the processors. My buddy Barry Murphy helped me with that. And then Dr. Dickerson so eloquently pointed out she hates the term reimbursements. When my dad delivered your baby, Mike. Did he get reimbursed for what he did or did you pay him for what the service he provided? Reimbursement rates. I take you to dinner and you reimburse me. That's different. Right. But that's a problem. And I just go on and on. I didn't mean to get fired up. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm okay. I was trying to stoke a few fires there, but you know, what's interesting. You, you made a couple, you made a statement at the beginning of that talking about the MLR being a joke. And, and, you know, I never thought about this and I was at a, a, a conference about a month or two ago and a really eloquent point was made that whether you're self-funded or fully insured, if you work with a company that has a substantial interest in MLR, then you're no better off than a fully insured plan would be. Because you think about it, how many, uh, so you look at United Healthcare and they own uh, DaVita dialysis, right? And so they bought that. Did the cost of dialysis go down? Uh, Absolutely. Well, they bought, they bought the physician group, not okay. the dialysis centers. They bought all the physicians. Okay. Well, they have an ownership in, in many physician, physician practices. And 
You'd think through benevolence or if they really were focusing on the needs of their employer customers that the cost of healthcare would go down. But in fact, there's so many profit incentives that you can build up the claims, if you will. And then, so it really doesn't matter what you make on the administrative side because there's so much more money being made that you can pass through as a claim. You don't have to subject to an MLR uh, maximum um, administrative piece. So you see that as well? Yeah, I do. And let's just look at one and let's pick on one. <laughs> no, I, think number, I think number five in the Fortune 500 is United Healthcare. Yep. They own their own PBM, Optum. Optum owns more physicians than anyone in America, including, including Kaiser Permanente. Mm-hmm. Optum signed a huge contract a year and a half ago, two years ago, with a government entity that could be worth $50 billion on some technology stuff. Um, they, they own, my memory's right, I think United owns 630 companies, 230 of which are Optum companies that also are included in that. Um, it, it is a behemoth. And if you look at, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't go there, but um, right. you look at it, you look at Cigna, they were 65th in the Fortune 500, Mike. A few weeks ago, they jumped up 52 spots to 13. <laughs> because why the doj allowed them and express scripts to merge i'll never understand that hmm. all right well carl uh, with your plan the fair cost health plan how do you make money we do it for free mike um that's <laughs> part of part of the charm the uh, no we charge i mean like any advisor if we're working with a client mm-hmm. We would charge a per employee per month fee that's, that's built in that the client knows is fully transparent. Um, one thing, and I'm glad you asked that, it's critically important. And with our plan, or you work with any independent third-party administrator or any BUCA TPA, um, you learn real quick there's money changing hands all over the place because they're making money on the solutions that they have in their program, like you said, the easy button, but they're making money. Mm-hmm. Our program, the majority of our clients have signed contracts with those 16 plus solutions. And that's what they pay for those solutions. The only money the third party administrator gets, and you can ask Aether, is their TPA admin fee on a per employee per month basis. There is no money, no markups, nothing being made except that. Yeah, and we're paid our, and that's that doesn't exist in the country that I've seen. I've never seen that before, and that was important to us so that we pass through these programs at the cost, the fair cost plan. We get breaks on cost from these partners, and they get that. We don't get any money, but what we're paid on our our per employee per month, you know, advisor. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is fair, upfront pricing, fully disclosed. And it's funny because if, if you're self-funded now, go to your contract and flip to the appendix item, whether it's Cigna, United, Blue Cross, or whatever, there's always going to be something in there that says, we also make money off of our vendors. And if you want to know that, ask us and we'll tell you, right? But it's in every one of them. So there's, there's absolutely misaligned interest in your admin fee. Uh, and it's straightforward from you. Well, hey, Mike, why do they fight so hard when you fire them in a public setting, a public entity? Why do they fight? Why do they get on planes to fly down and meet your client 
for smaller business that's not IBM? Why do they, you know, do different things, delay processes? If your client didn't want you involved, if you had some type of contract with them, I'm sure you'd let them out and they pay you some amount of money and you're done. That's not how it goes here. And the reason it goes that way, it's not the admin fee they make all their money on. It's all the other things that you can't see because it's proprietary and you can't look underneath the hood. And uh, we can go on and on on that. Yeah, no, we're good, dude. And uh, you know what the thing is, is what I what I what I want to make sure we echo clearly about the fair cost health plan and mitigate partners is that it's actively managed health with the various sixteen point solutions that you're talking about. The active part is not sitting down with you quarterly to review what programs you can put in place. It's like when that particular claim pops up or when that condition pops up, it's the activation part, the active part of managing each one of those individual claims to the best possible outcome. Did I get you or did I get that right? Yeah. And Mike, I think again, and I'm going to use the Soda Memorial Hospital. We sat down on October 1st and my, my part, I want to also, you know, there's a couple other co-founders and mitigate partners, Barry Murphy, Barry Broom, the Barrys. Um, but Barry Murphy and I sat down on October the 1st, 2018 with the hospital CEO, CFO, the director of benefits controller. I had the stop loss carrier present. I had our cost and quality company present. I had a network company uh, present and assembled this meeting. And we met from one o'clock to six o'clock at night. And we built the plan brick by brick and then had a couple hour long phone calls after that follow up and we put it together and we assembled it. And by doing that, this particular hospital, they had 79% of their members going elsewhere for care because this is a small 49 bed hospital in the fourth poorest county in the state of Florida. And they don't do everything there. Four star CMS hospital, only like 19 in the whole state of Florida. They're a great hospital, but they were going other places. We, we weaponized or incentivized the plan design and changed it. So we broke all barriers to care. It's one thing we didn't talk about. Most of our plans have no deductible, very little co-pays and very low out-of-pockets. If you get out-of-pocket in our plan, you have to take about 70 drugs a month to even come close. But what we did is we broke the barriers to care. So we had employees, Mike, that worked at the hospital for 25 years who never had care in the hospital. A newer, younger employee had a cancer and the surgery was $42,000. You can see the video. And she paid zero because she had done hospital. She had no deductible anymore. So we took the foreign medical spend of 79% over a four year period with a BUCA TPA and reduced it to 62% one year. And that's a lot of tribute to Dr. Lee Gross and Dr. Bill Crouch. Uh, down there at the uh, Epiphany, direct primary care, Dr. Gross. They're all nationally known, tremendous advocates for DPC. And a lot of the other programs we put in, and maybe we also had a great claims year. So I'm not, we're not going to beat our chest and say, aren't we great? But the one thing I do want to say, Mike, and that's something we hadn't talked about. Christy Gupt has always said it takes a good advisor and a little courage. Well, I, I think we're pretty good advisors, but the courage is what's most important, Mike. It's the courageous employer that will take the step to do this. That's the key. And that's what you asked earlier. We need more courageous employers, but we have to be better at communicating our message to them to make them feel comfortable being courageous, to know they're protected if things, if they have bad claims here, that we've got their back with all these solutions in the Fair Call Cell Plan. 
That's important. So these employers we work with, they get the credit. They were courageous to do this. Wow, that's a great message. And you know, and another message. I actually, I, I did a little bit of Carl stocking, and and so yeah, uh, I'm I'm a fan. But I know one of your favorite quotes is that you never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. What? I mean, I think that pretty much says a lot about you and also about the fair cost health plan. What else does it say about you, bud? I think that's it. Uh, right? I mean, I, I, was blessed to, I was blessed to have some, these good cost containment risk mitigation partners have come together on the plan. I'm blessed to have some good uh, partners with me. I'm blessed to have these 20 offices around the country. We're all working together, collaborating, sharing, making it better. Mike, it's evolving. It's far from perfect. I, I do try to achieve perfection, but if we can hit excellence, I think we're doing good. But we fight, and you find a better solution in Houston. Hey, Carl, do you know about this? We add it. But that, that is it. That's what drove us. I was so frustrated with the BUCAs, the ASO TPA models. I was so frustrated with the independent third-party administrators. And what I said earlier this morning, I said real quick, I said I went to a bunch of them. I was supposed to – the, the the how to vet a TPA, the questionnaire we built was supposed to be in Dave Chase's first book, The CEO Guide. As you know, we're part of Health Rosetta, and they, they've done a ton to accelerate this movement, so I can't thank them enough. We all need to thank them. But I was supposed to have a chapter in about how to vet TPAs. Well, they go, man, shockingly, Carl, this is way too long. I know that surprises you, Mike. But I, um, I said, well, y'all are writers. Fix it. And they couldn't do it, so it didn't get in the book. I'm not real good at vetting TPAs. I think I've proven it. I thought I was. I did the best I could, but obviously I failed four times in building fair calls with four different TPAs. Finally, we landed on the least sucky of the suckiest, Aether, um, the winner. It's winner, winner, chicken dinner. But what's, what's really important in that is I went out to the TPAs and I said, Mike, you're a TPA. I'm having a party. And I got the band. I got the catering. I got the valet parking. I got the booze. I'm ready to roll. But, Mike, I don't have anyone to host my party. Will you host my party? And I'd get answers like, well, you can't serve Bud Light. You got to serve Michelob Light. I said, well, nah, I want it. You can't serve Quattro. You got to serve Triple Set. No, no, this is what I want. And I was bringing the Fair Calls Health Plan. That was the party. And I had to look around to find one that would build it. And then I also had to find them that would do it without making money except their PEPM. And dude, that's a heck of a challenge. And I taught, I kissed a lot of frogs and it was a lot of work. And, and even then after all the work, I still failed because the benefits champion, Liz Schrock is the first, I mean, she's an unbelievable, wonderful person at the Gasper land. She's done awesome work and she's taught me a lot too. With her, we found out how bad these TPAs were, Mike, because you yourself, me in the past, have had clients paying claims they shouldn't pay. Liz, boy, you get between her and these employees. She's the mother hand. Boy, you do not want to be able to end that discussion if you ain't taking care of her. I can tell you that. But she catches things in these claims funding requests. That's how we've discovered how bad many of them are because no one's doing that. So that's something we created called Benefits Champion along with Glenn Price, the CFO. It was his idea as well. And they, with all the savings they had, they put that in and everyone loves her. She's a HIPAA officer of the company and they come to her with everything. And then she's able to disseminate them to the different parties in the fair cost plan to help take care of the members. So 
Hmm. I'm sorry, I, I went off on a tangent. I know that's a shock. So, Carl, let me ask you: with your point solutions, uh, how do you how do you vet them to make sure that they're a good fit? But in terms of credentialing point solutions, how do you do that to make sure you've got a reasonably better than reasonable chance of having a su- successful outcome? That's a great question. Um, been blessed to know some good people. Uh, Brian Klepper had a great vetting questionnaire he used that he shared. Um, I used some of that, added some things to it. You know, we're always trying to make it better, collaborate. I've done that. Um, I talked to guys like you, Mike, if you worked with green imaging, what your experience has been. Um, we, we go as deep and thorough as we can. And there are a lot of advisors that rely on people like you and me that, people know and if we go out and advertise or say something great about somebody they assume it's okay and some of these advisors haven't vetted them properly and I'm obviously I'm not perfect I think I've displayed that well today Mm -hmm. but I think that's the best you can do and you try it and we've been blessed for the most part we have not had to remove many any uh, one component we did remove we didn't make a change on the chronic kidney partner um, but you have to have a bench too in these areas because healthcare is for sale right now. It's the hottest sector in the country. And one of those partners could get bought. Our, one of our stop loss partners was bought, but they remain the way they are. And that's the other thing I didn't tell you. We've got a couple of stop loss partners that understand fair cost. And that's important, Mike, because if you don't get credit for what you built, you're not going to save in the fixed cost component of your plan. And, the DeSoto Memorial Hospital saved 58% or $150,000 on 157 lives on their health plan because our stop loss partner, who was at our first annual Mitigate Partner Summit, stood up and said, this fair cost health plan works. We love it. This is what it does. 58%, Mike, who's getting that kind of discount off their stop loss premium? So that, I want, it's all the partners is everybody, and we've just been blessed and Hey, Mike, we're, we're the maestro. You ever watch Seinfeld, the maestro? We're the conductor of the orchestra in bringing these people together and managing and, and doing and, and working with everybody. But that's what we do, and that's how you actively manage a health plan. Yeah, yeah. And actually, one of my favorite, uh, still a favorite, he's a good friend of mine, but a former client uh, with my other company, uh, we had a philosophy that, you know, we're, we're going to make, we're going to make the news, not report it. Meaning that sometimes when you do something, it's not always going to be perfect. And it's going to, it's not always going to work as exactly as intended. And that's okay. Cause you're going to learn something about the process and you're going to forage through a lot of the crud that you have to deal with now, the status quo in order to do that. And so, you know, it seems like there's a lot of, there's some of that that goes on with your plan, but there's also checks and balances because the process of managing care it's not clean. It's going to get dirty. You're going to have to help people in, in unconventional ways to change their current situation and affect the, and affect the future outcomes. So. Yeah, it's, it's far from perfect, but we feel from what we've experienced, what we've seen, what our clients feedback's been, and all of them will tell you, Mike, it's not easy. Yeah. Uh, first three months, it's a change. The benefits champion is a critical role if you can have it. With the savings that's generated, it's not a problem in hiring them as long as the employer is willing to invest. But um, it, it, it isn't perfect. 
but it's the best thing we've seen going. And I think, uh, you, you know, you can watch all those patient rights advocate. I mean, I want to thank patient rights advocate advocacy too, because they were the ones, Marty Jamison Carey is a wonderful healthcare writer. She works with PRA. They're the ones that got the transparency rule. You just saw earlier this, this week where the, they, the American hospital association lost their fight. And of course they appealed that's PRA. Um, and they're doing wonderful things, putting these videos in front of HHA secretary, Alex Azar, the white house, one of the Gasparilla employees was asked to go meet the president in Orlando in February at the HEMS conference, which, you know, 40,000 people converge on Orlando. It got so the first camp, uh, conference get canceled. They were asked, they interviewed the White House numerous times. They were going to meet the president because of how powerful that message was and what patient rights advocate did the videos for our clients. And we were just so blessed. They reached out to us after hearing the work we were doing. So well, those are there for anyone to see and it is possible and there's no more excuses folks you said it earlier there's no more excuses you folks know there's a way out there and to sit passively by and not do these things is violating our fiduciary responsibility to our clients well, in my opinion and if we don't do something about it we're not going to have a job we're not going to have a business. So the benefits advisor is Dave Chase often says we've got one. We've had the, we may have one of the most important jobs in the United States economy or otherwise you and I are going to have some pretty crappy healthcare when we get older in life. Well, yeah, I understand that. So Carl, people want to get a hold of you. How do they do that? Uh, they can look at us on LinkedIn. Um, they email address is Carl at mitigatepartners.com. 404-941-5519. We've got a YouTube channel. I know you'll probably put some of that stuff in the show notes. Mm -hmm. um, that's the easiest way. And we've got a lot of good partners all around the country that, that we're all working together to try to solve this together and collaborate. And uh, it's not a dictatorship. We all can help each other. And we, we know uh, no one entity has all the answers. And Fair Call Health Plan doesn't have all the answers. We feel it's got a lot, but it can be better. Hmm. All right, man. Well, Carl, I appreciate your time today, bud. You've uh, obviously got a lot of passion, a lot of experience, and a lot of insights. And so the cool thing is, is you're in touch with your your inner being and your inner consultant. So, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. Is that good? Or, it's not like, a great thing. I love to talk with people that are as passionate as you are. Uh, and I, I typically see that uh, in almost all podcast interviews that I do is that the the, the, the CEOs I talk with, the, the problems that they solve, they're so passionate about. And, you know, you're just, you, you are another prime example of the, the secret to solving healthcare is that it's going to be a battle you always must be fighting, but you got to have passion in that area. So thank you for serving, but I appreciate you very much. No. Hey, Mike, I appreciate you. And uh, it's an honor to be on your podcast. And uh, hopefully I didn't butcher it up too bad, but I appreciate the opportunity to help spread the good word. Yeah. Amen, brother. Thank you for listening to this episode of Solving Healthcare. If you like this episode, please rate it and also provide your comments. If you would like to know how this service or others could fit within your organization, or if you'd like to sign up for future podcasts and news updates, please go to www.solvinghealthcare.net and click on contact.